This is Rob Tabbert for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted, as always, to be joined by Mauricio Suleiman, the president of the WBC. Been a while, Mauricio. How are you keeping? Fine, fine. Good to see you. I saw your your colleague in, in uh, Miami, so I thought uh, maybe you abandoned the monthly shows that we had. But I was I was getting nervous, but I'm very happy to see you again. No, no. Yes, you did. You did see uh, Andy Peruel of Boxing Social was out there in um, in Miami for Canelo versus Yildirim. He was also there for Canelo versus Callum Smith before Christmas. I think he's another honorary uh, journalist of the WBC. So I'm glad you're able to catch up with him. But we're back now. It's always good to catch up with you. Um, before we kind of come on to, to bits and pieces, let's talk about Canelo in Miami. Um, let's pick it up with the post-fight interview that you did with Andy, where you spoke about the mandatory situation and the fact that you weren't particularly pleased with with what you saw on the night and the WBC as as far as I can see and as far as what what we saw in that interview and looking into the mandatory process and potential changes to make well you know we are the the standard of boxing and the mandatory rule was introduced by the WBC many years ago it is a great rule it, it creates justice and fairness um and Basically, sometimes what it's in on paper and what's a procedure does not turn out to be what is expected. So uh, like in the Super Bowl, everybody expected a great game, Kansas City against Tampa. Kansas City was a favorite, but at the end it was a boring game. Nobody uh, really got what they expected. Uh, Tampa overpowered Kansas City. And this same thing happened, Canelo, just too much. He's the best fighter in the world. He's superior. He's an unbelievable shape. Uh, he's at his prime, speed, power, precision, defense, attack. And he was in the attack mode. He wanted to win convincingly by a knockout and he just was uh, too much overpowering over yielded him. Yielded him. Uh, had earned the mandatory position in the ring uh, in, a, in a fight with a derail and, and uh, it was uh, the WC voted for a rematch. Things happened and the pandemic and so many things uh, got in the way and I was not satisfied with the end result. And uh, the WC is discussing this matter internally and, and we have to understand that every rule needs to be upgraded and, and revised uh, eventually. And I feel very satisfied. Uh, I'm not blaming anyone, uh, not blaming Gildirim or the process. It just happened that way. But uh, there's many things that we can improve. And that's what we are searching for. Now, I appreciate you just said that, that the WBC would like to handle it internally. But the fact that you've said that you're looking at potential ways to improve the mandatory system or improve the ranking system, could you give me an example? Yes, I mean, uh, a, a fighter who earns the mandatory position has rights. And uh, then uh, that's how so many legal problems have come in the past. So we are looking into the rules in the wording and the structure. I believe that uh, this time with the pandemic, having fighters one year away from the ring, uh, having fighters earned that uh, status 
but have not been able to train properly, have not been able to have a, a mental and physical fitness to be ready to go to the great stage. Uh, it's just something that uh, there's to need to have options to review specific situations. And that's what we are doing right now. Uh, just another thing for that card. Obviously, we saw um, a moment of days, uh, a matter of days before the fight. Julio Cesar Martinez was forced to withdraw from his bout against McWilliams Arroyo. Um, what's the time scale for him returning to the ring? And, and is it going to be McWilliams Arroyo next for Julio Cesar Martinez? Well, it's supposed to be. Uh, uh, Martinez uh, fractured his his uh, wrist, and when when I returned from Miami, he immediately called me. He was running already, and he said. He's ready to fight, and he just wants uh, to fight Arroyo, so there's no confusion. He just wants to be uh, considered the world champion. And I just told him, you have to take your time to heal. Let's see how your medicals come, how the doctor evaluates, and then we will see. But he's just eager to get into the ring with Arroyo. Uh, final thing on that night, um, a, a few weeks back now in Miami. Did you enjoy Jay Balvin's? Um, Jay Bal I'm not sure if it's the, the correct pronunciation. Jay Balvin, his entrance, I thought it was very good. You know, uh, he's from Colombia, and uh, I had Hispanic the opportunity to, to meet him. And what a wonderful person. I was so surprised, very humble, very nice, very appreciative. He was so excited. This was only his second fight ever. He's a big boxing fan, but had, this is the only the second time he goes to a live event. And it was a tremendous entrance. It was unbelievable. I believe that uh, this element brings great interest to boxing. Uh, great entrance like this with the popularity. Uh, I, I, overall, it was sensational for the great stage at the Miami Dolphin Stadium. Uh, which, by the way, sounded like if he was uh, completely full. Uh, the crowd was very, very enthusiastic and, and very loud. It was a great, great moment to relieve what we had been missing for a long time. Yeah, I agree. It, it felt like there was big time boxing back. It was nice to see something like that. Even for me, it was four o'clock in the morning in the UK. It gave me a little bit of a perk, so I enjoyed that. Um, yes. Moving on. Now, tonight, there's a real big fight. And the WBC title is one of many titles on the line in Chocolatito versus Estrada 2. First and foremost, what a brilliant fight for boxing fans around the world. Talk to me about that fight, Mauricio. It's a great uh, fight uh, between two champions. Uh, this is a long-awaited rematch. When Chocolatito was a flyweight champion, he made a title defense. Maybe light flyweight, I don't recall. He made a title defense against uh, Estrada, and it was a very, very good competitive fight. It was the first time that Chocolatito was uh, put into a real test in the ring, and it was a close fight. Uh, many people even thought that uh, Estrada should have won the fight. There was controversy, but he won clearly on the scorecards, and uh, he continued to have a a great legendary career, uh, Chocolatito. Estrada became champion. Uh, then he moved up to super flyweight. And what Tom Loeffler began with the Superfly series, now it's a reality. I'm so proud to see how a promoter, a vision, uh, prove that it's things can be done to get fans into the sport 
even in the light divisions. Uh, Tom Loeffler put this series involving Chocolatito, Rumbisay, Estrada, Cuadras, Arroyo, and uh, it has just been a great series of uh, action, great fights. Rumbisay won last night, so he's ready to face the winner. But this uh, is going to be a has all the elements to be an epic fight. Uh, Rumbisay, I mean uh, Chocolatito, great champion, Estrada the current WBC champion, unification bout. He should be a great match. You mentioned Sarissa Ketsal Rungvisai there. As you mentioned, he um, he boxed, well, last night, UK time for me, um, came through in three rounds. Is that next? Will that fight be ordered next by the WBC to face the winner of Chocolatito Estrada 2? Yes, uh, Rungvisai is a mandatory contender. I'm very happy he took a fight to be active, uh, uh, talking about what we have been discussing. And uh, his, his next, uh, Rumbisai defeated uh, uh, Chocolatito twice, defeated Estrada once, and then lost the title to Estrada. So there's a great element of interest uh, in these combinations. Okay, well, before we go and talk about some of the other divisions in the sport, let's talk about a fight that was recently ordered by the WBC in the featherweight division. Ray Vargas versus Gary Russell. Now, that's an outstanding fight. Have we got any idea as to when a time frame for that is, potentially? Uh, we had a first bid scheduled. Uh, it was cancelled. Uh, they, they communicated to the WBC. They had reached an agreement. So we're just waiting for the details of where and when the fight will take place. Brilliant fight, that. I'm, I'm very much interested in that fight. Ray Vargas moving up in weight. He's also huge, so he'll move up in weight and still probably be the bigger man on the night. Yes, he's very tall and uh, he's a big, big uh, fighter. He had been struggling making the, the division, the super bantamweight, and he's just uh, so much uh, waiting to get into the ring and, and become champion in the featherweight division. Gary Russell is the longest reigning champion, great quality. So it should be a sensational match. Okay, moving on to the lightweights. Always a confusing topic, always an interesting topic to discuss the lightweight division. What's happening at the minute with the WBC lightweight, the WBC lightweight division? If you give me your version, then we can break it down. Yes, um, uh, of course, we began the year with a bang with uh, Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell. Tremendous fight, January the 2nd. We have been in communications with all camps uh, to see what is it that uh, is doable. Uh, a a fight of that magnitude, both sides, Haney and Ryan Garcia, wish it to be held with public, with a sold out stadium. So uh, Haney is going to do a defense against Linares and the winner has to face uh, Fortuna. Fortuna had a signed contract to fight Linares and uh, due to COVID last year, that fight did not take place and Fortuna, uh, has accepted Linares to face Haney with the condition that the winner faces him within 90 days. Um, we understand Teofimo Lopez is doing the IBF mandatory uh, in, a, I believe, June. And uh, we're waiting for Ryan Garcia uh, to see what is going to be his next step. But uh, what we have right now confirmed is Haney against Linares and the winner fighting Fortuna. 
you mentioned Haney versus Linares. I spoke to Eddie Hearn before Devin Haney boxed Yuri Orkis Gamboa. Obviously, I've caught up with him since then. And the plan was always to be the interim champion, Ryan Garcia, because obviously he beat Luke Campbell, versus the winner of Devin Haney versus Yuri Orkis Gamboa. How come that fight can't be made? There's, we can see fans now in America. Texas has now opened up. Las Vegas is soon to open up. There's fans around, as, as you mentioned, we, even with Canelo a few weeks ago, and the, the situation is changing. Why did Devin Haney fight Jorge Linares when he has an interim champion in waiting as well as a mandatory challenger in waiting? Well, we, we discussed this with both camps. Uh, I was talking with Mr. Haney uh, continuously, uh, talking to Golden Boy and talking to, to Garcia, side. And what they both requested was to give more time for that fight to build up. Being the fact that Devin, I mean, Devin's been WBC champion since I believe November time, December time of 2019, I believe is when he won the title against Abdullah. It's not boxed a mandatory challenger yet. Now, I know he had the period of time where he was out of the ring, but he's still yet to box a mandatory. Now, con conventionally, customarily in boxing, when you win a, a vacant title or an interim title and you're elevated, you, you often get a mandatory straight away. Now, Devin Haney, you have two, two. When you win a vacant title, you have two mandatories. Yes. Um, Haney, this is such a confusing uh, It's division. confusing when we're talking about the lightweights, so, isn't it? But so let's try and make back, sense of it. If we go, well, go back, if you want me to run, run no, through No, 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 let's start, let's start for Devin Haney. It's okay. We've gone through the stuff previously. Devin Haney and the mandatories. Why is he not boxing a mandatory or has he not boxed a mandatory yet? Well, because he first was to fight a final elimination. Then he was an interim title. He won the interim title. When Lomachenko was uh, designated franchise, he became the world champion. Uh, he made a title defense uh, in a very short notice, uh, November. And then he suffered an injury. He was placed as champion in recess. And so that completely changed the scenario of the division. We ordered Fortuna against Campbell for the title they had a signed contract to fight for the title. Then the pandemic came. During the pandemic, uh, Haney uh, recovered. And uh, when he recovered, the order for a fight between uh, Fortuna was going to fight Linares and Campbell was going to fight Garcia. So the WBC allowed a voluntary defense with Gamboa. That's explanation, very mm -hmm. clear. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has the commitment uh, to fight the winner of Campbell Garcia, and also the commitment to fight uh, Fortuna, who was uh, mandatory because of the Linares situation. So that's the scenario. Uh, he's going to do Linares. The winner has to fight Fortuna within 90 days. And the situation with Ryan Garcia at the minute is obviously he has the interim title. Obviously, we've, we've gone over this in several instances, having a, a franchise champion, a full champion and an interim champion, as well as a mandatory that hasn't been observed yet or, or taken care of yet. How come the WBC haven't ordered Devin Haney to face an interim champion or ordered him to face his mandatory challenger? I just told you that. I just gave you the whole rundown. <laughs> you you, you when, gave me the rundown he, of what fights are happening and when, but not no, why the when, WBC when didn't Haney, it. When Haney recovered from his injury, sure. both mandatories or both mandates were to take place. They were busy. Mm. They were scheduled. Linares was going to fight Fortuna. 
for the first mandatory and Luke Campbell was going to fight Ryan Garcia. So they were busy. We allowed Haney, he, he's a champion. Why should he wait for, for the mandatories to, to develop? So we gave him a tune-up. He was accepted and it was perfectly uh, correct. Now uh, we are dealing every single case. We are dealing, analyzing the whole situation. The pandemic has changed everything. And we are having every, the WC voted in favor a year ago uh, to consider every single aspect of the situation on every division. So when uh, in January, when, when Garcia uh, defeated Campbell, uh, we've been in communications with Haney and with Campbell, I mean, with uh, Garcia. So this is the end result. He's gonna fight Linares, uh, Garcia, can do a voluntary defense, and the winner of Linares, Haney, has to fight Fortuna next. And Sam, I haven't heard anything from Samson Lukovic yet, of course, who's a promoter and looks after Javier Fortuna. There's an agreement in place, Samson and Team Fortuna are happy with that? I heard many. <laughs> I've heard constantly from, from Samson. Uh, <laughs> he, he wanted to fight Linares, he wanted to to have that uh, contract upheld uh, at the end. Kaney uh, uh, Linares is a great match and he understood it and he's gonna fight the winner of Linares Kaney. At the minute, does, does Javier Fortuna have a fight? Do you know if Ryan Garcia has a fight? Do they, do they have anything lined up? They could fight each other. That would be the optimal. That would be the optimal to have uh, Fortuna and, and, and Garcia fight each other um that's one of the proposals that is still on the table uh and where we're i mean with may coming up uh things should get moving uh we are being uh flexible trying to accommodate and to let the things move forward so the fights happen so hopefully it will it will play out this way it's a great uh, uh division great tournament of fights that could be happening, and we expect this to be a great year in the lightweight division. And that would also that would eliminate, you know, any confusion around Ryan Garcia or Javier Fortuna. If Garcia was to box Fortuna, the winner of that would be the mandate, well, the interim champion and the mandatory, and there would be less confusion. Would the WBC be in a position to order that fight? Probably yes. Um, uh, it, it's something that uh, we have discussed. Uh, Garcia petitioned for a voluntary defense after, after beating uh, uh, Campbell and acknowledging that Haney and him want the fight to be, take place later during the year. So he petitioned to do a voluntary defense. Uh, and uh, we have been talking about possibly being Fortuna. That would be the optimum. And then you take one uh, one out of the equation, but uh, we're just moving along. We're trying to uh, play the puzzle and, and, and keep that puzzle constructing, putting the pieces, putting into it and not uh, breaking it. Hopefully that's the case. I mean, as, as me and you have spoken about over the years now, um, you know, this all started really, with, it's all Mikey Garcia's fault. Uh, this, start, this started a while back when Mikey Garcia had the WBC title. With the pandemic, it's obviously not made things any easier. I think it would be good to just kind of get a little bit of clarity as we move forward this year. So hopefully that does happen. 
Um, you mentioned May. May is a big month for boxing, as always. None bigger than, of course, Cinco de Mayo weekend. We're talking about Canelo again. The um, unification bout with him and Billy Joe Saunders. Great for boxing to have Canelo Alvarez back on Cinco de Mayo. Of course, last year we didn't have it due to the pandemic. We have it back now. Brilliant for the sport. Yes, this is huge. Uh, Canelo uh, suffered last year because he couldn't do the Cinco de Mayo, couldn't do the September fight, uh, two of the dates that he had owned traditionally. And uh, he's determined to fight four times this year. Uh, he's determined to unify the division. And uh, it's a great moment in the super middleweight division. Saunders against Canelo is a tremendous match. And uh, everybody's excited. And, and to see, uh, we're all expecting uh, to hear where the fight's going to take place. And it's going to really be a great month for the sport. Any indication as to whether or not the fight will happen in Las Vegas or Texas? I know Texas or Dallas in particular has been kind of mooted as a, as a lead or as a front runner for that fight. Does the WBC have any indication? No, no, no. We have no information. Um, uh, Vegas, Nevada is still uh, managing the, the pandemic uh, situation. As we saw, uh, Florida was very much open. Texas is completely open now. So... I, I believe those are the three uh, potential sites for, for a fight of this magnitude. And finally, for May, another fight, an undisputed fight, Mauricio. You know how we all love an undisputed champion, Mauricio? Uh, Josh Taylor versus Jose Ramirez. Now, that's a fight that has been brewing for a long time within the WBC. When, when Josh Taylor had the silver title, he was coming up with Jose Ramirez. Now they meet for all of the belts on May the 22nd. That is going to Las Vegas. And again, another brilliant fight for boxing. Yes, that's a major fight. Uh, I'm very happy that WBC supported Josh Taylor uh, from the beginning with the international title, then the silver championship. Um, he has uh, won the World Boxing Super Series, which was a great platform as well. And uh, it's going to be a tremendous fight. It's great to see a boxing match uh, with all the four belts on the line. It certainly is. Um, okay, moving on. And last division that we'll talk about, because we always end up talking about it anyway, is the heavyweight division. You know where we were going with this, Mercio. Um, first of all, what have you heard from Deontay Wilder recently? We've not heard an awful lot from him. I've not heard much from, from kind of Team Wilder and the Wilder camp. Um, any indication as to when he could potentially return to the ring? Obviously, we know that there's potential for Wilder Fury 3, um, which is, is remarkable considering all of the things we've heard over the last year, but we've seen Tyson Fury talking about that. What's the WBC's knowledge of, of Deontay Wilder's situation currently? We have not had any communications with Deontay. Um, I reached out on a personal level a couple of times, uh, but I have not heard from, from Deontay. Um, just a few things that uh, social media has shown. I don't really follow much only what uh, some, sometimes pops up or is sent to me. And uh, I, I, he's, he's in the mix. He's, he's a, a great interest. Uh, he was champion for five years, the biggest uh, knockout ratio, and, uh, and a very powerful and a champion that uh, he deserves to be back uh, one day to have a title shot. So uh, we're just waiting to see what's going to happen in the heavyweight division. We certainly are. We've been waiting for a while now to see what's kind of what's happening with the heavyweight division, with, well, with a lot of divisions. Um, 
The WBC heavyweight title is now over a year without being contested. Is that a concern from the WBC's perspective? Well, we have, uh, of course, the pandemic is, is an issue, uh, but we made it clear that uh, we were going to do everything possible to allow the big fights to take place. Whether it's uh, Tyson Fury against Joshua, whether it's uh, the third fight, Fury Wilder, uh, we are uh, providing Tyson Fury and his side the support and the flexibility to allow them to go out and, and land the big fight that the boxing world is waiting for. Will the WBC, will there come a point where the WBC looks to, to mandate Tyson Fury to box somebody or, or, or seeks for the WBC title to be defended if these, if these negotiations between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury and Dante Wilder drag on? Does the WBC have any idea of a time frame in which you'd like to see the title defended? Uh, we are writing letters. We are, we are in communications. Uh, I don't want to, to, to portray as, as, uh, as being, um, I'm sorry, the word protagonism. This is about the big fights. Let's wait. Let's do everything possible. Let's not put obstacles. Let's let them make them and go into the ring. That's what the world has been waiting for many years. Uh, they have all expressed uh, continuously that they are going to, to fight. So it would be very easy to me to say, oh yes, I'm gonna start and I'm gonna start make taking actions. Our action is let's make the big fight that everyone wants to see. But there will come a point where we do need to see the WBC title defended. That, that's fair of to course. say? Of course, of course, absolutely yes. Okay, Marissa, before look, I let you go... Look, let, okay. let me just... We were led to believe for many, many months that December 19 was going to be Fury Wilder. So that took a long time, many months of the WBC's administration uh, with that uh, information, that knowledge. And then it didn't happen. Um, we expressed our full support for... Fury Joshua to happen. And now it, it's taking time and, and eventually they have to announce they're, they're either doing it or not. But uh, I don't wanna uh, try to say, yeah, I'm gonna go out and mandate anything. We're letting them negotiate. Hopefully the fight will take place. Either one of those fights uh, would be the, the great fight for the sport of boxing. Yeah, sure. I, I know you weren't trying to, uh, to put any pressure on anybody, of course. Um... Where does that leave the mandatory situation? We've kind of, with everything being delayed so much over the last uh, 12 months, and we obviously had a, you know, initially kind of a February, I mean, everything's kind of gone into one now because of the pandemic, but the original date for the, uh, the mandatory, I'm, I'm assuming is going to be pushed back. We're still no closer to getting a, a fight for the WBC heavyweight title. Where would that leave the winner of next weekend's bout or two weekends time? about the, the rematch between Alexander Povetkin and Dillian White for the interim title? At this moment, there is no mandatory contender in the heavyweight division. Um, there's a rematch happening for the interim title. Uh, sensational. Uh, I love the way they are building it. The, the rumble in the rock uh, to do a fight in Gibraltar. I mean, it, it's great history. Uh, I wish I had the opportunity to be there in that fight and uh, it's a very good match. It was one of the 
most important results of last year, a incredible surprising knockout by Povetkin to Dillian White. And uh, unfortunately, Dillian lost that fight. Now he's trying to, to regain his interim title and uh, it's, it should be a great, a tremendous fight uh, on, on, at the end of the month. The winner of that fight will, of course, become the interim champion, but there's, there's no early indication of, of when a mandatory could be due for the WBC? Yes, at this moment, uh, we are not addressing uh, that situation. Uh, we are waiting to, to see what's happening in the division. We want uh, to have absolute support for the things to happen, and we will address it when it's uh, time. Uh, when, whenever uh, this fight happens, uh, then the interim champion is going to be named, so there's going to be an interim champion on March 27th. Okay, Mauricio, before I let you go, uh, final word on somebody else who's returning to the ring tonight, somebody who has well worn the famous green and gold belt in the past. David Benavidez returns to the ring. He made the weight. He was inside 168 pounds, which I know you'll be very happy to hear. Um, good to have him back in the mix at 168 pounds. And I'm, I'm assuming he has his eyes set on Canelo Alvarez as the WBC champion at 168 pounds. Yeah, I mean, life, life just turned around with a shocking surprise when uh, he uh, did a voluntary defense and he couldn't make weight. Uh, he lost the title on the scale. And from there, everything just turned. And now we have uh, Canelo as a champion. Uh, Benavides, I, I thought he was not able to do this weight. Uh, we ranked them in light heavyweight immediately after that uh, situation. Uh, he went to an expert, uh, he went to the medical, he sent us a, a medical report stating that he can safely make 168, and uh, he proved it. He, he sent to the WBC every week, he was sending a video with his weight uh, from two months ago, and when I saw him yesterday, 167.2, uh, there it is, and he looks great. He, his body looks uh, sensational. Uh, let's see what effect that will happen in the ring. Uh, I hope he did not over, but uh, I, was, I, I saw him lose the weight gradually, so he should be very strong, very powerful. And he has uh, his mindset on, on recovering his WBC belt. So uh, it's a success story. It's the beginning of a, of a new story for him. Uh, he overcame the adversity of, of uh, a doping violation, and uh, he's just uh, trying to move on and, and trying to recover his championship. And just finally, 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 um, David Benavides has been talking about another WBC champion in Jamal Charlo, of course, as WBC 160 pounds champion. What's the latest with Jamal Charlo? Um, Charlo... I believe he has a fight set up for the summer, but uh, I am not uh, certain. Uh, I am not uh, completely sure about the status of Charlo. I, I will let okay. you know on our next call. Okay, well, I look forward to it. Well, a little birdie told me that the PBC might be announcing their schedule next week or the week after. So hopefully we get to see it then. And of course, we will catch up and uh, pick the bones out of it, so to speak. But Mauricio, always a pleasure catching up with you. Thanks very much for speaking to Boxing Social. Hopefully we don't leave it too long the next time. 
Um, but a real pleasure as always. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, Rob. Have a great weekend. <laughs>